You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 369. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 369. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hello, my love. You are too much fun. Hello, pod people. Hey, podience. We are coming at you with a holiday-focused episode today, and we typically do some similar episodes every single year because they are applicable every single year, and this one is no different. It is six ways to manage and recover from holiday stress. Uh. Now, we have a little bit of an elevated... Stress level this year. Yeah, think. Compared to that of last year. For sure. So not only are we dealing with the normal stresses that are incurred around the holiday season, dealing with family, financial issues, we also have major layers of the election and the stress that comes from COVID and quarantine and perhaps financial issues because of that. Yeah. So a litany of things for us to juggle this year. So we're going to talk about how to do that today. And I think uh, you will definitely want to have a pen and paper handy so you can start thinking about some of these steps that you can take to curb some of that overwhelm and stress. But obviously, before we do. Oh, yeah. We always like to do this little segment that we like to call. Would you rather... And today's Would You Rather is, (laughs) would you rather be dating or married to someone who insists that every electrical device in your house be controlled by clap-on, clap-off devices? Stop. Or (laughs) that every piece of furniture have plastic covering on it? Oh, wow. Okay. So, okay. So, read read the first one again. So whether you're dating someone or married, depending... You're partnered with them. Yeah, but let's say you don't live together. Even the house you live in has to have this. Right. So your domicile must have this issue happening. Okay, so... So be dating or married to someone who insists that every electronic or electrical device in your home be controlled by a clap-on, clap-off device, or that every piece of furniture have grandma's plastic covering on it. Right. Okay. So that one. Okay. <laughs> this is. There's a lot to unpack. Here. There's, there's a lot, a to, lot unpack. to unpack. So I'm thinking like, okay, so it's how things turn on and turn off, right? right. Yes. So some some okay, but how how would you know? Semantics. Like, Semantics. No, no logistics. I think you're saying. No. Well, yes, it's legit, but it doesn't matter. That part doesn't matter. It does. It, you. Because what if you're like trying to use the microwave and then just, all everything else goes off? Just in the house? pretend whatever device that you want on or off is the clap on. Okay, because I could see there being 
Yeah, it would be messy if you like, like. No, I meant the ceiling fan. No, I meant the TV. <laughs> the blenders go and yes. the TV comes on. <laughs> yeah. Washing machine starts. Okay. Your so, vibrator goes off. Well, I know. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, <laughs> there's so many things that you would have to clap on, clap off. Everything. Everything. Electronic device. So that includes your phone. And computer and mm-hmm. television. and But it's just to turn it on. Or it, off. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think I would pick that one just because how much decor matters to me. <laughs> like, it it's, matters to especially, me. Especially, man, North Carolina summers, you do not want to be on plastic covers. No, you don't want to be sticking to that, like, yeah, you a fly-to-fly fly paper. <laughs> yeah. I, would. I just had this visual of somebody, like, kind of squirming like, <laughs> like a fly. Trying to get off to their the... couch, like, <laughs> stuck. <laughs> but, yeah, even I, I thought about that too. Like, okay, it's super cold to sit on plastic with, or super hot or super hot and yeah, sticky and yeah. gross. Yeah. I'm like, well, you could have blankets, but still, to me, it's the whole visual of it is so aesthetically unpleasing yeah. to me yeah, yeah. that I I can't. Like, I already have been having issues because of our dog crate situation. So okay, so you're gonna go with the clap on clap off. I'm devices, going with I'm going clap on clap which, off. Which you would have to do that for everything. Every time you want to get into your phone. I understand the implications. Every time you want to light on in the bathroom. Everything. Every time you want to use the washing machine. That's, like, that's okay. You're going to have to do that all day. I think I think I would still choose that one. You're going to go with that one? Okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, they're both challenging. The, the one that you <laughs> did ages ago that was like, what was it like? You had to turn around in a bunch of circles every time you walked through. Oh, or do a jig when you walk through the doorway. Yeah, and I was like, "Well, that I would be fucking dizzy." But <laughs> clapping, I feel like I can do that for electronics. Okay. What about you? I definitely do not like plastic covering on the furniture. Right. So we're a clap on, clap clap off household. We're gonna be just clapping our asses off. We're, we're gonna have so much clap. <laughs> uh oh, <laughs> this must have the clap. So. <laughs> Do you remember when we, our very first apartment, we had the clapper who was outside? Oh, he waited for the bus stop. Yeah. Yes, totally. Wow, yeah. And he, he would, would just... be turning on all of our devices. <laughs> I know. There was somebody who would wait for the bus and would just clap all the time, just clapping. He was and so we audience of one. I think it was a dude. I can't remember. I don't know if we ever even saw the person, but we started calling them the clapper. And it was like our little rooster in the morning. Mm-hmm. But yeah, <laughs> turn on all our devices. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right. So we would love to hear what you would rather. And we talk about it every single week over in our After Hours community. After Hours. Which is our awesome Facebook group full of beautiful, beautiful humans. We'd love for you to join us. I do bonus trainings over there every every month. So you can come and say, hey, Amy, I've been dealing with this issue with my mom or with my boss or whatever and get some very poignant advice. We do Warm Fuzzy Wednesdays. It is always such a blast. And on Mondays, we talk about the would you rather and everybody has to kind of defend their reasoning why. And there's some really great arguments, I think, where people make a very strong case for what they chose. And it's always hilarious. And then every once in a while, somebody will be like, neither one. And Mr. Smith cracks the whip. Like, that is not how this game works. That is not how a would you rather works. Get out. It's called a would you rather, not would you inclusive. (laughs) Or would you like to pick the easy way out? (laughs) No. 
So if you want to come hang out with us, go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club. That will redirect you right over to our corner of Facebook. And then be sure to tell us what you would rather for this particular week. All right. So let's jump into dealing with holiday stress. I really want to emphasize that this is one of those situations where, and we've talked about this numerous times on the show, that we are dealing with a consistent chronic trauma Yeah, where we have never really gotten out of it. So where you might have more of an acute trauma, like let's say a car accident, there's the time when the accident is over and now you're able to heal and repair yourself and keep going. Sure. Now we're in a situation where we're not out of it yet and we don't know when we will be out of it. Yeah. So although it's not super acute and sharp, like an actual accident, it's consistent trauma over a long, long period of time without seeing when that's really going to end. I mean, we're hearing ideas about you know, economic stimulus or vaccines, vaccines, things like that. Yeah. So there is hope, but we we know that it's not in the very immediate near future. And that also has implications about if we're going to be seeing family for holidays. So that could be very much in your favor where you can lean on that or people in your family are leaning on that and saying, I don't know if it's wise for us to get together. And it may also incur a shit ton of stress because your family doesn't respect your choices or mm. doesn't think that you're taking it way too seriously. Sure. So not only are we actually dealing with the, I don't want to get a deadly fucking virus, but then you're dealing with all of the family dynamics and the the stress of, did we vote for somebody different? I know I was talking to a colleague of mine and she was just sharing about how much her family has been completely divided and saying, like, I never want to speak to you again. And wow. how that is not an uncommon case. Yeah, I know a lot of people who are in different situations politically than their families. So there is a shit ton for us to manage. This is not just about you stressing yourself out about making sure you get holiday cards out or cook the perfect fucking turkey. <laughs> There's all these other additional things. And what I think is really important for us to understand, and this is something that I've seen very consistently with the people that I work with, is we, we don't want to look at it as though it is that serious. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I'm not saying, like, not taking the virus seriously. I'm saying we want to operate business as usual. Yeah. We want to keep going. We want to, okay, this is just a holiday season like any other, and mm -hmm. we're ignoring the trauma that we're experiencing. In fact, a while back, I did a podcast that was all about the lack of motivation and sort of the grief oh, that yeah, we're feeling right. with, with quarantine and how all of us, because again, because it's not this like sharp, sharp injury, we think it's fine, yet it's not. It's not at all. And it, a lot of times it's kicking up old traumas. So we'll be sure to link to – there was two pods I did. One was on you know, lack of motivation and productivity during quarantine. And then another one about how new trauma, like what we're experiencing, kicks up old trauma. Yeah. Uh, that's another episode we did that could be very applicable to you. All right. So let's talk about 
considering all of these elements, giving them all the credence they deserve, how do I now get through this season without having a total nervous breakdown? How do we? All right. So number one, this is huge, and this is kind of uh, applicable no matter what you're going through, whether it's holiday season or not. Watch for your rules. The things that you make up that have to be a specific way. Okay. Now, if you are a recovering perfectionist, if you are a people pleaser, it's highly likely, especially those perfectionists, that we vote on how things have to be done. So it's the gifts have to be done this way. The lighting has to be done this way on our home. Or this is exactly how we have always done it for Thanksgiving. So we have to bust out everything from scratch. And, you know, we put all of this stock in a lot of self-inflicted rules. Chicken stock? And possibly beef stock. (laughs) So watch for those rules and look for shortcuts. Are you putting absolutes in front of certain statements, which sound like I have to? I always, we never do it like that. Mm. We must. Those are absolute phrases, right? And most of the time when we use phrases that can include absolutes, they are some sort of rule. And we've made it so affirmative, like it has to be that way, but most of the time they're malleable. That's just a choice. So one of my favorite tools with this is an acronym that I coined, which is P-O-D, POD. Which is quite <laughs> applicable to what we're it's talking very about. Appropriate. So, pod, P O D, postpone, omit, delegate. Postpone. There could be situations where you say, as much as I would absolutely love to see you all for Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, Christmas, whatever it happens to be, we are going to have to postpone until next year, or we are not able to do that this year. Now, you have a perfect excuse. Right. And it's one of those things. That I've talked about that with a handful of my students, too, that this is your health. Like you get to it doesn't matter if someone thinks you're overreacting or if you're being stupid or you're being silly. You get to disagree with them and still make healthy choices for you and your family. Yeah. And if you don't want to be around a large group, you do not need to be. In fact, I would encourage you not to. I think that's the responsible thing. That's my personal opinion. And I also think there are ways that we can stay connected with each other without having giant gatherings. So anyway, that's my own two cents. But postpone, omit, delegate. Now, where this will also come into play is with any sort of obligations. So I know for us, an omit that we started doing at the time of the 2016 election is we decided that we were going to stop doing holiday gifts, just period. And we were going to give all of our money that we normally allocated for gifts to various charities. So that kind of rocked the boat in a lot of ways. Like my mom would would give me some shit about it. And I'm like, I'm not going to feel bad about that. That's a decision that we made very powerfully. And you don't have to like it. You just have to respect it. (laughs) You don't have to agree with it. You don't have to like it. You just have to respect it. And so that was a very definitive omit. Delegate. 
this is another one. I see a lot of people who are the one in their family who controls everything, who organizes everything, mm, yeah. who takes on a shit ton of work. And maybe you host and it stresses you out to have people over and to have to clean everything or cook everything or whatever it is. Be really aware of if you are volunteering and it's not a good excuse to say, if I don't do it, no one else will do it. Mm. You teach people how to treat you. You definitely do. Especially through what you tolerate. So if you tolerate no one pulling their weight, that's on you. And it might not get done if you don't do it. But you have to decide which one you want more. Do you want your mm -hmm. sanity more? Or do you want to dot all the I's and cry all the T's and make sure everything's flawless in the kitchen or the gifts or the lights? And you're dying a slow death. <laughs> because we're taking on so much during this holiday. Sure. All right. You can so, also ask for some help there. Right. With delegate, for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, for instance, I'm thinking, let's say mom always does the cooking, and then everybody comes over for dinner, and mom is busting butt doing everything in the kitchen. Yep. Have, you know, little Johnny come over earlier in the day. Little Johnny. <laughs> help me prep cook, right? Like, have people come over and do some of the work. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that is perhaps one of the more challenging pieces because you that's a boundary. That's saying, hey, I'm happy to cook, but I need somebody who will help me prep. I need somebody who will do all the dishes. I need somebody who's going to set the table. I yeah. need, right? Like there has to be some sort of give and take. For sure. But your responsibility is noticing what are the rules? What are the things that I say I have to do or I must? Because it's also likely that there are additional stresses that are happening even in like your work life or sure. with your immediate family, um, the people who live in your house. So start looking there. Are there things that you're like, oh, my gosh, before everybody got here, I really wanted to finish the gallery wall in the, in the hallway. <laughs> that right? was something else I was going to add is. Uh, I've been to events like that where I I want to help, mm -hmm. but the, they're like, stay out of the kitchen. Yes. Right? So don't fall prey to that where you have to be the one that does everything because you're the only one that does it right. Yes. Huge control. There, Yeah. There's a, there's a letting go of that control. And maybe little Johnny doesn't cut the celery up like you do, yep. but he cut the celery. Yes. Right? So you have to make make that um, what's the word I'm concession? looking for concession to allow some of those things to not be just the way you want them, but they get done. That's because right. Because that is more that that is more helpful for your sanity. Yeah, that's than, right. Than having the celery cut a perfect way. That's right. right. And that's a major tie to perfectionism. That's a major tie to control. Yeah. Which is a bedfellow of perfectionism for sure. So understanding what you need to let go of. And one of the things that I use in those situations is I ask myself, first of all, you usually notice that by how irritated you are. You usually notice it through your emotions. Like you're frustrated, you're stressed, mm. you're irritated. If you can notice that and then – because this is very much my case. I am I'm, I am she. I've gotten so much better. <laughs> but 
I ask myself, in the grand scheme of Amy Smith's life, how much does it matter that the celery is cut that way? Right. How much does it matter that the dishwasher is loaded that way? How much does it matter that those lights were stringed that way? One mm-hmm. year, we had a crooked fucking tree all <laughs> year or all season. My friends even razzed me about it. Did but they really? you were like, I'm not going to. We had some sort of unsteady the base stand. Was wrong. Yeah. yeah. And you were like, I am not fixing it. And I was like, well, I'm just going to have to let that go because I sure as fuck am not doing it. <laughs> I had tried to fix it several times. But it's stuff like that, which it, like how much does that actually affect your life? Yeah. Which brings me to number two. Make your priorities more important than your obligations. So what you're going to do here is you're going to list out your priorities. What matters the most to you? Does it matter that you have the most gorgeous holiday cards ever or that your house is decorated flawlessly or you do all of the traditions you've always done? What are the most important things to you? And start recognizing where you can loosen up on the things that are obligatory. And looking at, am I doing those things simply because somebody else wants me to, or it's an expectation, or everybody in my kid's class is doing it, so, you know, I should have to do it as well, whatever. You know, start looking at, is this really my priority, or is this my mom's priority, or Mm. the family's priority, or something that I don't really align, or my spouse's family's priority that does not really align with you. So get a list out and start looking at who do you really want to connect with during the season? What traditions really matter to you? And then start looking at some of the stuff we talked from number one. Are there rules I can let go of? Can I postpone, omit, or delegate anything? How can I start making sure that by the end of this holiday season, I did the things I wanted to do? I know that there are a handful of things for you and I. For example, uh, with Christmas, we love to decorate. We will make like eggnog and brandy or, you know, something fun like that. We'll put the claymation videos on and then we bring out our stuff and we just like decorate the whole house. And it's one of our favorite traditions between the two of us. Yeah, that's fun. Now, that is one of my priorities. That means that I'm going to have to make sure that I'm not spreading myself thin. I'm not volunteering for a bunch of shit. I'm not overworking or like launching a big project at work when I don't have to because it's not the priority right now. So you have to look at what that what that truly is for you. Okay, so we got number one, watch out for the rules. Number two, make your priorities more important than your obligations. Number three, decline with grace. Start saying no. I'm going to link to another podcast on how to say no without feeling feeling guilty. I'm also going to link to another pod about maintaining peace, how to, you know, kind of access your own peace. But one of the elements of that is to start saying no to shit you don't want to do. Right. Now, this is where the recovering people pleasing is going to come into place. <laughs> and this is where you use languaging like, I really appreciate the invite to be quite candid, 
we're really making sure that we're sheltering in place or we are limiting all of our interactions this year or we're very simply, we're not going to be able to make it. Thank you so much for thinking of us. You don't have to give elaborate reasons to absolutely everybody. Now, some people, it might be family or people you're really close with, you might want to give them a little bit more of an explanation. That's completely up to you. But just know that you get to say no to things. You get to decline. And you can do that really kindly. That doesn't mean you're being an asshole or being malicious in any way. Thank you so much for thinking of me. We're going to have to pass. Please invite me next year. Or as soon as things calm down with this quarantine, I'd love for us to get together you get to make those decisions, right? And it could be that there are traditions that you've done, like maybe you've always gone to a specific fair or a lights parade or something like that where there's a shit ton of people and you just don't feel comfortable in that space. That may be something that this year is not a priority and you do need to say no to it. Right, even though you want to do it. But I think it takes, exactly, exactly. And sometimes you're not going to want to do things and sometimes you are going to want to do things, but you have to look at what is the most important thing for my health and, and, you know, then make the proper decision there. Sure. Now, if you need more help on how to say no, declining with grace, please check out the show notes because I will link to that other podcast. But this whole notion of making sure that everyone else is happy, this whole people-pleasing thing, which is often very much in tandem to the perfectionism piece where everything has to look flawless because it's usually tied to your identity in some way. Like I'm the one who has the flawless holiday gifts or the perfectly decorated house for Thanksgiving or whatever it happens to be. So – a lot of times we're going to be bucking up against some of those identity pieces. The people pleasing is I I can't rock the boat with my family. Maybe you're the peacekeeper. That's been your identity in the family. If that is something that you struggled with, I have a completely free workshop. If you're not familiar with it, please, please go check it out. It's at thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. And it is all about five major shifts that you need to employ in order to start shifting some of these bigger characteristics, these bigger behaviors of perfectionism, people-pleasing, self-doubt, where you're constantly talking shit to yourself. That self-doubt might sound something like, well, you can't you can't tell mom no, or oh, right. your, par- your family would never understand if you didn't want to drink wine. Right. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who have been reevaluating their relationship with alcohol. Sure. That can be yeah. another place where that inner critic starts getting really loud, telling you what you can or can't say, how you must make everybody else happy, how you are so invested in the opinions of everybody else. So anyway, I talk a lot about that, how to shift that. And really the root of it is around genuinely believing in your own intrinsic value, believing in your own worthiness, your enoughness, that you are deserving of happiness yeah Yeah. or of speaking up for yourself and I talk about that in this workshop I also talk a lot about the difference between the subconscious mind and the conscious mind and how those need to be congruent in order to make change so please have a pen and paper handy go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop the link will be in the show notes as well 
And then at the very, very end, you'll see an opportunity to book a call with a member of my team if you want to dig deeper. If you're interested in Deep Down and Dirty, which is you know my, my main signature program that I talk about all the time, highly transformative. And that's the big through line is most people who come to that, they're battling with this idea that I'm, I'm just not enough. And then the subsequent behaviors of that are, let me perfect, let me control, mm. let me people please. So there is absolute hope for you, my friend, if you find yourself in any of those behavioral patterns. But go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. That'll give you the first jumping off point. Then if you end up wanting to book a call with my team, you can discuss and see if Deep Down and Dirty is the exact ass kicking that you might need. Because most uh, of us do. we could use some change in traje- trajectory, I think, that I'm excited for 2021 because <laughs> I feel like there's always a yeah. palpable new energy to the new year. The new and year, sure. I'm optimistic that things are going to change. And Me too. Yeah. So if you want that also to be reflected in how you view yourself, get your ass to that class. Get your ass to class. All right, so we had number three, decline with grace, start saying no. And number four is to build in self-care, downtime, recovery time, and get it in on the schedule, okay? Now, I'm not talking about just booking yourself a massage or mani-pedis. I'm talking about giving yourself the freedom to be lazy, to do nothing, to veg out and watch TV for hours. There is this thing, another major thing that happens with perfectionists. Any sort of downtime is a time when you could be productive. Yeah. Time when you could be doing something else, right? Absolutely. And so it's really challenging to actually let go and recover. But that's also why we have these rapid rates of women burning themselves out and autoimmunes on the rise and adrenal fatigue and thyroid issues. All of that has to do with being in that constant state of that sympathetic nervous system, fight, flight, putting out fires, putting out fires over here and over there and I'm in danger and uh, 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 constantly, constantly going. Sure. And what I want you to understand is that resting is totally an action. It is productive. That's something I have to teach my clients all the time. Yes, absolutely. So I did another podcast too on specifically about rest. So if that's something that you battle with and you have a really hard time slowing down or giving yourself that permission to recharge, we'll link to that episode in the show notes as well. I think that could be really helpful for you. But for example, if you know that you are going to be spending some time with family who's extremely draining, or let's say you are totally an introvert and just being around a lot of energy especially if there's like holiday music or people who are really gregarious, you know you're going to be depleted as fuck the next day. Uh, yeah. So book yourself out the next day or really limit the time that you're around that. You have to acknowledge how you operate. And I do think that we have this weird thing in our society where we glamorize extroversion mm-hmm. and 
So people who need to decline or recharge by themselves, it becomes like this thing that we should be embarrassed about or or yeah. ashamed of when no, <laughs> absolutely not. This That's truly an act of self-care of you saying, I am drained by that. I need some time to recover. The analogy I use with my clients is you can have a high caliber race car and you can go really fast around that track but eventually you have to pit stop yes you got to come in and get new fresh tires you got to come in and get refueled and you're not just putting regular fuel in this vehicle you're putting high octane you know really quality gas into these machines right yes you're making sure the driver's got water you're making you know they you're taking care of the car so that it can go fast and a lot of people just think that they're going to go around that racetrack for the rest of their life and never have to pit stop. That's right. But eventually, just like anything mechanical, it breaks down. Of course. So you've got to do the maintenance. You've got to make those pit stops. And if you don't, just be prepared. Right. That's right. And that sort of a damage can be irreparable. Right. So if you drive and drive and drive and drive and drive and you don't ever do that maintenance. Mm-hmm. You might have a massive chaos on your hand that you were not bargaining for if you would have actually just taken some time to recharge and do that maintenance. That's the other thing is we only get one car. You can't just get in another car. That's right. <laughs> you know, you have one car, so you better take care of it. That's incredibly true. Thank you for that because I think we we sometimes view productivity looking a very specific way. Mm -hmm. And I saw this great meme that was kind of, it was talking about, here's what we think productivity looks like. And the whole graph is just working hard, 100% working hard. <sighs> what actually leads to productivity, and then it had all these breakdowns of working hard was a small section of it. And then it was recreation, taking care of yourself, sleep, rest. All of those things enable us to be productive, and they're also active. Like yeah. resting is a progressive action. Right. So if, if you can wrap your head around that, you can start going, okay, this is me catering to a higher productivity level. Yeah. <laughs> right. And something that I think is really interesting that I heard the other day was that that whole notion of produce, produce, produce is very much a capitalist mindset. Oh, absolutely. It is, you aren't worthy. You aren't enough unless you are creating, unless you are producing something, right. money, uh, goods, services. You need to be constantly in action to be valuable in our society because that's what we place so much emphasis on. That's a good point. So for me, I find it really helpful to go, okay, I'm fighting against this capitalist <laughs> society. That's a good viewpoint. By taking some of this rest. I'm saying, hey, there are things that are more important than capitalism. Mm. And that's what I am, uh, that's the, why I'm making this choice right now. Preach. So, number four, build in that self care, that downtime, that recovery, get it on the schedule. I've said this plenty of times before. If it's not on a to do list or on a calendar, it's highly likely that it's not going to get done. It's not important to you. Those are the things on the to do list, on the calendar, things that are written down and allocated. Those are the things you don't miss. Right. So 
I can tell you very clearly by looking at those things what your priorities are. Mm. So if you're trying to tell me that health or wellness, relaxation, connection with people is the most important thing and it's not anywhere listed. On your calendar. Then I call bullshit. Yep. So, all right. And also, please keep in mind with that one too, forecasting your energy depletion. This is another thing too that I've noticed with some of my students in Deep Down and Dirty where – we are immersed in workplaces that are running in a completely different way than we have before. And that creates another elevated level of stress, another element of stress. So the things that we used to be able to do or handle, the things that we could keep on our workload were usually far greater than what's happening now. And then we beat ourselves up for that. Because we're depleted, y'all. We're in the middle of a collective trauma mm. that's con consistent. So no wonder you can't carry as much as you used to. No wonder you're more exhausted. Absolutely. You have to rest. Keep that in mind as you go through this holiday season, as you start saying yes to things. Start acknowledging, do I just like the idea that I could handle all of this stuff? Or can I really? And will I actually be able to recover? Do I have enough downtime built in? Okay, so there you have it. Number hmm. five, keep your eyes peeled for urgent inflicted stress from others. Huh. Okay. Oftentimes, when someone else is really stressed and they need something from you, whether it's work-related or maybe it's a holiday party planning thing, virtual Zoom or set, whatever – they, if they're stressed out, they bring it to you wrapped in an envelope of urgency when it's their urgent matter. It's not really yours. So it could be your family is super stressed out or your mom's freaking out about holiday dinner and she comes to you and inflicts all of her stress and wants you to carry it now. So... <laughs> Just watch what you absorb. Watch what you take on as your responsibility. One of the things that I love to do, which is kind of a fun visualization tactic, is where you kind of envision yourself surrounded by a white light or a white bubble where you can engage with everyone in your life, but you can be very vigilant about what you absorb and what you take on. So you can recognize, oh, okay, she's just stressed out because she has all these things that she committed to for church. Mm -hmm which has nothing to do with me and I don't need to bend over backwards to do something that I don't align with, right? So watch for those things because especially if you are a recovering people pleaser and people request things of you, even if they're, you know, family members or whatnot, if somebody's unhappy with your response, a People-pleasing tactic is to think that you've done something wrong simply because somebody is unhappy with you. Yes. I had someone <laughs> tell me something similar about this type of situation. Okay. And they called them flaming Snickers. Oh. Tell and me more. And I thought it was really interesting. She said, I love Snickers, but don't light one on fire and throw it at me. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. She's like, you can keep your flaming snicker. Like, That's funny. 
thought that was pretty funny. So, you know, now anytime someone comes to me with that urgency, I'm like, is this a flaming snicker? That's right. I'm sure you've heard the the statement, not my circus, not my monkeys. Yes. And I think there's a fine line. Like, you can still be empathetic. You can be concerned. You can be kind to people. You don't have to be an asshole like, ah, not my problem. You figure it out. Sure. But I think it's really typical that the other behavior is more prevalent where people go, I, oh, I've got to make sure that they're happy with me. Or mm. if I can't come to their rescue, I'm wrong in some way. And it's like, <laughs> no, no. Your responsibility is to handle yourself with grace and kindness and to behave in a way in which you are proud and to recognize what is and what is not yours to carry. So especially right now, that's why number two is so important. Get very clear on your priorities. Is it your health? Is it rest? Is it traditions? Is it specific people you want to see? Because when we get here to number five and there's all this inflicted urgency coming from other people, all of this other stress, you have to be very vigilant about I'm not going to take that on or that's not mine to carry. Mm. Yeah, that's great. That's not a flaming snicker that I would like to have. <laughs> no. You can keep your flaming snickers. That is really flaming Cheetos, however. No. No, those are just as bad. That's funny. All right, number six, check in on all areas of your health, your emotional health. There are things that I will oftentimes talk about with my students where there will be some sort of financial investment of you know, well, I need to work this hard because I, you know, I make all this money doing it or you know, there's something, some sort of tie that we have to accomplishing something. But if you look at how emotionally expensive it is, sometimes uh, it's just yeah. not worth it. Right. So if you start thinking about are, what are the things that are occupying this particular season of my life that are emotionally expensive, where might I have to get rid of those things, not spend in those areas anymore. Same thing physically, looking at your physical health, looking at your spiritual health, looking at what is your, what is your body asking for? A lot of times our body will tell us, I mean, you clearly work in that sort of a biz. Absolutely. The body will throw up signs for sure. They'll throw up gang signs. They'll throw up gang signs. They'll be like, <laughs> look over here, bitch. Right. And we, all we need to do is listen. But the same is true for emotional pain. So we'll we'll do another episode specifically around dealing with grief during the holidays because that's definitely something that people contend with. But all of our emotional pain, our physical pain is just messaging. And what we need to do is listen to the message. So if you're feeling really stressed, overwhelmed, that's an emotional message. So you need to stop and you need to listen and figure out what you need to do in order to remedy that. If it's a physical pain, it doesn't do you any good to just be like be pissed at your knees or be pissed at your back. You need to listen and go, okay, there's something awry here. And I need to pay attention to what my body is telling me. And Absolutely. spoiler alert, almost always, it's that you are doing too much. Okay. Yeah, and, and the <laughs> tricky part about that is a lot of times we don't even recognize what too much is. That's right. It, like, for instance, what I could do at 25 and what I can do at 45 are very different things. Yes, so in and my you are more than 45. It, it, thank you. <laughs> and in my head, I still think I can carry the load of my 25-year-old self. Yes. But my 45-year-old self 
doesn't realize that. Yeah, it's like, slow your old bitch. Right. Yes. So uh, being kind to yourself around that. Yes. Right, as we get older, like, oh, I can't do what I could do at 25. Of course not. Yeah. You're 20 years older. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I remember us talking about hula hoops and poker sticks and roller skates on <laughs> one of the right. episodes. And I'm like, uh, yeah, 20 years ago, I could handle that shit. <laughs> now, now I'm like, oh, my God, I need a spotter. <laughs> so if you used to cook for your family and now you're getting older and it's a little bit harder for you. You need to acknowledge it's that. It's okay to acknowledge that, right? I think that's a really good point that you bring up that we don't want that to be the case. Mm-hmm. You know, we – We We want to be as productive and as thorough and as energetic as we were even a year ago before all of this ridiculous trauma. That's a very good point. So we've had social unrest like many of us have not seen in our lifetimes that that is egregious and grief written, uh, grief ridden rather. We have had a unbelievably contentious election that. Crazy election. Again, like something we've never seen before that is fraught with stress. And we're dealing with a global pandemic, y'all. So keep in mind all of these various elements. So I find that what you're talking about, babe, is we start with the judgment. We start with the, why can't I do as much as I used to do? Or I should be able to. And we don't stop and look at what are the other things that are in in the mix now? That I Other need, parts of the equation, yeah. That I need to acknowledge. Right. All right. So here we go. Six ways to manage and recover from holiday stress. Quick little recap. Number one, watch for any of your rules and start looking for those shortcuts. Number two, make your priorities more important than your obligations. Get a list, a running list of what your priorities actually are. Number three, get comfortable declining with grace, start saying no to shit that is not working for you. Number four, build in downtime, recovery time. Make sure that you are acknowledging what you need to refuel. Mm. Number five, keep your eyes peeled for urgent, inflicted stress from other people. And stay away from it as best as you can. Eliminate, scale down. Number six, check in on all areas of your health, emotional, physical, spiritual, all of it. And there you have it. I'm hoping that that helps you. Again, there's tons of additional resources on the show notes page. And if you want more around all of this, again, and you want to dig deeper and you think that this next year is really what it's all about for you, please go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. You'll know very quickly if that's (laughs) up your alley or not. And I think that's everything. I hope that you do enjoy your holiday. If you do choose to celebrate, and if you don't, I hope you have an amazing day anyway. And we'll see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. This is Mr. Smith, out.